0: Well, hello, everyone. Hey. Hey, it's me, Noah. And Dylan. And we still don't know how to do podcast intros. Yeah. So, welcome back to the <laughs> Grainfields podcast. Um, we're so glad that you could join us. Yep. And we are continuing with our Bible study with the brethren. We're looking at Colossians one twenty four to two 5. five. Yep. Continuing on this journey of growing together and learning about uh, Paul's writings about the supremacy of... Of Christ in our lives and in the world. And yeah, as we talked about last week, uh, we talked about how uh, that God was impregnated by the Holy Spirit and gave birth to Jesus. That's what it's talking about when it's the firstborn, of, uh, firstborn of, of the world. What do you what do you think about that, Dylan?
1: I'm really glad you brought that up, Noah, because that is a beautiful example of just heresy right there. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's just a little test for you guys to make sure you're listening, because uh, as we talked about last week... Um, Christ was not born. He was, um,
0: eternally reigning,
1: eternally reigning. Um, he was an, the agent of creation. So mm. he was involved in creation. Um, yeah. yeah. So keep your ears open. Cause, uh, you know, no might slip a little heresy yeah, in there. You know me. You got to stay on top of it or we're going to get a bit loose out here. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It's interesting. Paul's got something to say about that in this passage.
1: He does. Mm. Very wise.
0: Very, yeah. He's on it. So why don't we pray? Awesome. Do you want me to pray, Dylan? I'd love you to. Okay, cool. Hey, God, thank you for this time that we have. Thank you for this platform in which we can um, learn and grow together um, through your word and through yeah observing what you've got to say to us. Through um through what Paul's writing to the Colossians and God we just pray that you would soften our hearts as we come around this. I we pray that you would um write your word in our hearts, God, that we would uh, grow in our love and affections for you through this. God, that we would grow in our maturity in you through this. Um, and when God, I just pray that we would all learn um and grow together as the body of Christ. Are uh, we just so grateful for what you've done for us, God, that we can um come into your presence and that we can and um, we can. St- we can speak to you and we can we can uh, have you um, residing in our hearts and working on us constantly. Uh, yeah, we just give you all the glory and pray that this would, um, yeah, that this would give you honour. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Awesome. Dylan, well, I'm going to read the passage now. Yeah. All right. So this passage is titled "Paul's Ministry of the Church. So you can read with me from 124. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I have become a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen my face to face, seen me face to face, that there my
0: Thanks for reading for that for us, Dylan.
1: No worries.
0: Well, my pleasure. Was it really a pleasure?
1: It was. Awesome. Uh, all right, let's crack into it.
0: Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of the, His body, that is the church. All right. Well, let's go back to the very beginning. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. I think the, I think well, what I guess what we what we from what Paul is saying here in his mind is that um, he's rejoicing in his sufferings because it's the only thing that's worth suffering for. Mm. Um, I don't think I articulated that very well when I first said it. No, that's okay.
1: But um, (laughs) in Philippians, I believe, he talks about casting all things aside for the sake of the gospel. So I think that's a really good contrast that that is to the extent of which the gospel is worth suffering for. That all things... Because, and, and Paul talks about, it. he's like...
0: He counts it all as rubbish, I think that's Yeah, what yeah he says. that's
1: exactly right. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a challenging picture to take on because, you know, suffering in the worldly view is not something that is worth rejoicing over.
0: Certainly not. And um, particularly like in our Western world, that comes as such a wake-up call. I think, particularly to me, like I read that, and it's like, well, well what even opportunity is there for me to suffer for the gospel yeah. in such a privileged world?
1: Yeah. It's a challenge. It's a very good yeah, challenge.
0: Yeah, it's a very good challenge. Yeah. Um, and it goes on to say, And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. Now, before we crack into some more Noah Hossing heresies, <laughs> uh, it's important to clear up that Paul is not saying here that um, Christ's work on the cross or his afflictions um, were not sufficient. Yeah. Um, what it's saying is that uh, now, as Christians, Christ has given us the, the mandate or the responsibility in the Great Commission to go and continue what he did and live a Christ-like life. So you look at Christ's charge to those who want to follow Me. He says, if anyone were to come after me, they must first deny themselves, pick up their crosses, and follow me.
1: Yeah, that's good. And I think a good point to note is, obviously, that is not the case because, one, that contradicts essentially all of Scripture. And two, the purpose of this book, which Paul is writing— sorry, this letter which Paul is writing, is telling us that Christ is sufficient in his sacrifice. Yeah. So yeah, just to be really clear, that's not what that's saying because Christ is sufficient in his sacrifice. But now we have, well, really the privilege because he's just said we should rejoice in our suffering. Mm. So it is something of um, privilege and honor that we can suffer for the sake of a righteous God who has saved us.
0: And ultimately be a part of God's great, awesome, redemptive plan, Mm. which is what Paul ends up talking about in this passage. Um. Yeah, and now Paul is saying that I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. So he's now suffering, doing the same thing that Christ did for us in, this, in his imitation, in his discipleship, and in his walk of Christ.
1: Yeah, awesome. Cool, and then it goes on to say, Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known.
0: So his stewardship that God gave to him was to make the word of God fully known. Mm. And I think that's interesting that
1: his goal and what God has entrusted him to do was to make the word of God fully known, to bring his people into full knowledge um, of the scriptures of yeah. the sacrifice of Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Because he says he says right after that after that comma in verse twenty six says the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints. So this mystery is not like um, like some voodoo magic like it's not God is shady or working in the shadows. It was that um, the mystery of this whole narrative of the Israelites and the whole narrative of the Old Testament and um, and of and of you know what what God has done this this great um, storyline is now it's revealed the whole purpose of it which was that God would redeem his people back to him. Um and that was shown through Christ, so yeah.
1: And when you um look at the the Old Testament, and uh, when you look at when you now that we can look at the grand picture of everything, um being on the other side of Christ's sacrifice, the symbolism and intentional nature of everything that God did in His sovereignty that all pointed towards the cross. You know, mm. sac the um Abraham and his son. Like yeah.
0: Yeah like or or um the passover lamb like like you look at the um like it was kind of like the the great like plague that would set um God's people free from the Egyptians mm. it was this idea that the blood of this lamb would protect the Israelites but would um uh but would you know um bring judgment on God's wrath on the rest on the Egyptians and ultimately that points to you know Christ, like he fulfills that. You know, like he is now the, the the fulfillment of that Passover Lamb that that everyone in the world, not just the Israelites, um, but Gentiles too, um, have now access to that blood of the Lamb.
1: Yeah, and I think this one thing that has always stuck with me in um, when Abraham goes to sacrifice his son, and his son asks, "Where's the um, where's the sacrifice?" And he says, mm. "Um, God will provide the sacrifice," with you know. Like that's how faithful he was. And the, obviously God provided the sacrifice, h- however many years later, being in full sufficiency and um, yeah, atoning for all sin.
0: Yeah. So Christ's afflictions certainly were sufficient, but now we are called to, to do that ourselves. And yeah, so Paul, Paul says his mandate that God has given him is to make the word of God fully known and to reveal the mystery of the gospel. Um, which has been hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. Yeah. So the saints being um, not like St. Mary or whatever, but like anyone who was Christian. Yeah.
1: Cool. Perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then 27, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory.
0: You want me to talk about that, Dylan? I like, love it. You dude. gave me the nod. I did give you the nod. You gave me the nod. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, God has chosen to to those people, to his saints, to make known how great among the Gentiles, um, that meaning not just, so kind of what we're talking about, not just the um, Israelites, which the narrative of the Old Testament focuses on, but the whole world. So Gentiles too, meaning non-Israelites. Um are the riches of the glory in this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I don't know if you remembered, except we talked about um, in our very first podcast, um, what Paul says in his Thanksgiving in prayer, he says in verse five, in chapter one, verse five, he says, uh, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So he kind of comes back to this idea that our hope is in the object of Christ. Yeah, awesome. And And he says the mark that seals that is Christ in you. Um, And that is the hope of our glory, that one day we will join Christ in paradise. Yeah,
1: and I think that really good point to um, dwell on is the reference to Gentiles um, and how Mm. the Jews were the the chosen people um, of God, like
0: the Israelites and all that. Yeah, like the holy nation, his holy people that he led out of... You know, like he chose Abraham, yeah, to go and be the forefather of all of that. Then he chose Moses to lead the Israelites, the holy nation, out of that.
1: Yeah, and then um, this idea that now it's beyond, it's transcended. Yeah, it's it's transcended that sort of holy group that that God has chosen to, mm-hmm. you know, it Christ's sacrifice was sufficient for the whole world. Yeah, and that now the Gentile, those who used to be so despised of by the um, the religious and the um, the chosen that now they are included in this great salvation that is that is from God himself.
0: Yeah, big time. Yeah. Cool. And then it goes on in verse 1 so to say, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So let's talk about this, Dylan. Him we proclaim. Yeah. So Christ, we proclaim Christ in his gospel is what Paul is saying here. Yep. Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So, why do we talk? Why does he say warning, Dylan? Why do you think that is? Well, in the context of the
1: letter to the Colossians, um, as we talked about in like the sort of context in our first podcast, a lot of what the Church of Colossae was dealing with was this um, idea of slapping Jesus on the end of you know their other gods, which would bring them essentially things of the flesh, like you know prosperity and money and like gods that would like each God, which was sort of appropriate to a desire or something in their lives, like finance or marriage or whatever, all these sorts of things. Yeah. That's, that's the warning here that Paul's really, um talking about to the church Colossians that we um, wouldn't create a false image of God, which is like second commandment really um, you should, you should not create a false image of who God is. Yeah. Um, yeah so I think that's why then, really puts emphasis on him we proclaim for we proclaim Christ in, in his entirety, which should lead to his believers having a full picture of God and not a false image and a false, well, essentially a false idol of who God is and his nature and character.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, and Paul, Paul, yeah, like Dylan said, Paul writes this to correct some kind of false theology or false idea about God that you can just have him um, as part of your life and not supreme. And if you think about it, the reason it's important that we understand this, because if we don't understand this, then we kind of don't understand like the gospel. Because if we mess up, sorry, not mess up. If we mess up, (laughs) if we mess up the gospel, then we mess up our understanding of God. Because um, Paul talks about how it is like um, it is God's great like this is the mystery. Like it's it's revealed to us now um, through through Christ. And so we can't get that bit wrong. And that's why it's so important that we warn as well. We warn against um, false teaching um, and just false ideas about God and in general. Because if we get God wrong, then we get the gospel wrong. Yeah. And and vice versa.
1: Yeah. And then teaching. Teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Talk to me about maturity in Christ. Yeah. And how wisdom plays a part in that.
0: Yeah, sure. I'm reading this good book called Gospel Fluency by Jeff Vanderstolt, and he talks about how on this, like on the surface, as in like God's redemptive plan, as in like we all fall short, and Christ has now made us right in the eyes of God when we put our faith in Him, and we will spend eternity with Him. In in that sense, it is quite simple like yeah. it's 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 graspable for everyone to understand except when we start talking about the gospel in relation to um things in life such as marriage and um and how do we navigate um like our relationships and how do we navigate how we do I don't know just life in general it gets very yeah. deep the gospel and how it affects that goes very deep for instance, like Paul talks about it in later on in this book. Um, he talks about how it redefines family life and how it redefines the the Roman the Greco-Roman household. And so really what it means by then is, is, is um, him we proclaim. So still talking about how we proclaim Christ. We teach them about Christ. We teach them about the gospel and how that affects certain parts of their life. And so then that should lead us to maturity because it affects how we do our lives. It affects how we um, think about things. It, it affects our very core being. Yeah, cool. And I think um
1: like a good point to note is teaching everyone in all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Like Paul wasn't really settled for a you know, a proclamation and then that that's it. The call to discipleship and the call to following Christ is a complete abandonment of life without God. And this idea that it's not it's not just a proclamation and then a return to a life um apart from God and separate from God, but it is
0: Maturing, Uh, yeah, maturing and
1: growing in the understanding of what Christ has done and how that applies to every single aspect of our lives.
0: Yeah, which is a huge challenge if you think about it. Mm. Like how how do I completely redefine my life, or like what hasn't been redefined by the gospel? I think that's a that that should be a great challenge. Like I I feel very challenged by that. You know, daily, like in this, even in this, like if I've had a dispute with someone, like am I allowing the gospel to shape how I am viewing? Um, my position on this, or um, even just like with my, yeah, with with my partner, like, am I allowing my view of the gospel and what it's done in me? Sorry, not my view, but what what God has done in me and for me. Like, am I allowing that to shape how I treat her and how I, yeah, and how we do and operate as a couple and stuff? I was just gonna say, <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> no, you're right. On. Go on. I should have um I should have signaled that to you effectively. We've now given each other hand signals because I kept interrupting him. <laughs> I Wanted to say stuff last time, so. We've worked on it. Um, I think also that is still part of Paul's suffering. Is, is, yeah. He's suffering not just to, cool, we've just like done a big salvation call and we've just like saved like 2,000 million people, but it's also like maturing them. Like he's suffering also to teach them and warn them and mature them. Like it's not just about that, what Dylan was saying, that initial confession. But his struggle is just equally as much to teach all the scriptures um, and to warn and to proclaim Christ and yet to present everyone mature.
1: And that's a perfect segue because this is how Paul ends this next little um, bit. He says, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Mm. So just that, that line there presents the weight of which Paul takes this upon himself that, um, yeah, God has given him this responsibility, um, to steward these people, into maturity in Christ, into a full understanding of the gospel, of God's redemptive plan, mm. of scripture. Um, yeah, and he struggles with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. It's not it's not something light taken on by Paul.
0: Yeah, I think that sums it up beautifully. Um, I think in these first kind of verses of this passage, we, we, we learn that Paul's struggling is for the sake of the gospel to be proclaimed and to make the knowledge of the word of God fully known. Um, And not just that, but to see people to come to maturity in their walk with Christ and to um, help them on their path Mm. in their their discipleship and following of Christ.
1: Paul then goes on to discuss in 2, in chapter 2, sorry. And he says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all those who have not seen me face to face. I think this is a really powerful verse especially after following up what he's just said about struggling um, with all his energy that he hasn't seen these people face to face he's never met these people yeah. yet he it, there's a yearning within his soul a a, um, a great struggle that he has for these people um, yeah in order to see these things brought to fruition I think it's a beautiful thing and like yeah. that's a challenge that instead of just being centered around the church you are in the little Fraction of the body of Christ that you see.
0: Yeah. Should we not be? Oh. <laughs> 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 wow, that's.
1: <laughs> should we not be focusing on? Wow, that was cute. That was. That's cute. twice now. I think you've had a little voice okay, break. Okay, keep going. Um, yeah, that we should be focused around the whole entirety of our <laughs> brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> wow, that's classic. Wow, we're um, keeping that in not there. Not to. 100 percent. That's saying it.
0: Um, just to yeah show that we are real humans (laughs) um but also yeah i didn't want to diminish or take away from what dylan was saying as well with that not that i intended for it to happen but um yeah that's such a big challenge to um yeah change the approach of which we look at those who are not just in our insular world i think i often just forget to pray for the body of christ as a whole i you know like every now and then i might pray for some friends of mine that i know who are in the church or even just my church or or it's different forms of ministry but you know, how often is it that I actually pray for the rest of the body of Christ? And so, yeah, very challenging reading that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he talks about for what he is struggling. And he kind of elaborates on his earlier ideas. Um, He says um, that their hearts may be encouraged. So for all those at Laodicea, who he hasn't seen, um, so that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So that is a that is a beautiful verse. Sure Um, is. Being knit together, so their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love. So knit together, um, you know, it talks about how God is love and that God's love is revealed, but God shows it says Romans 6, 8, but God shows his love for us, in that even while we were enemies, Christ still died for us. Um, so that is the love we're talking about, this agape love, um, that, our, that our hearts are being encouraged, being knit together in that love, yep. um, being knit together in, the, in what Christ has done um, to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding, sorry, full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. And it just like culminates in this beautiful idea of reaching all these riches um, that are found in full assurance and understanding. And the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ.
1: Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's that's a beautiful picture that, you know, Paul talks often about his abandonment of the flesh and that our riches. Yeah. You know, not our worldly riches, but our eternal riches are in that full assurance, that hope that is laid up for us in heaven. Yeah. Um Yeah, that Christ would come and eternally rule one day when he returns. Um
0: Yeah. And we'll be with him. Yeah. And it will be so joyous and um, so glorious, it'll be awesome.
1: Yeah, and within Christ, like that, that mystery that is our riches, are all the treasures and wisdom and knowledge, like Christ embodies that all. That—that yeah. That is that triunion relationship. Christ is that. Yeah, which he is bears just, all of that. Which is awesome that he now lives in us, that we are a new creature, a new creation as we've been saved. It's it's a privilege and it's challenging that we shouldn't take that for granted, that yeah. we are freely given those things. Not by our own merit or anything or reward or we don't deserve it whatsoever. Yeah. Christ gives it freely. It's beautiful. Yeah.
0: And also just like elaborating on that idea earlier that um, that we warn um, and we teach everyone with all wisdom and it says, um, in Christ, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. So if we want more knowledge and wisdom, well how do we how do we get that? we We seek Christ and we seek the gospel and everything. And then um
1: Paul goes on to say, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. So Paul sort of continues this line of um, warning and yeah. being aware that without the truth of the true biblical gospel, it is easy for people to give you plausible arguments and lead you astray. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what the um, Church of Colossae was struggling with. These arguments that, you know, Jesus is just another one of those 30 gods that you just pray to every now and then for whatever yeah. you want. It's a constant reminder of this like, you know, you got to be aware, you got to be we've been um privileged um with the stewardship of this knowledge and um the truth that we can p- proclaim through the gospel. So let's be wise with that. Let's not let that send out a false message or um yeah, be be tricked essentially.
0: Yeah. I was also just going to say like um there are lots of plausible arguments about God and his nature out there. So how do we know what is of God and what is in his nature and what's plausible and what's not? Um, our really only authority is scripture. Yeah. We, we go to God's authoritative word. We've been doing, we've been studying, we've been reading through this book called Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. In um, some of the very first chapters, he talks about um, the inerrancy of scripture and the authority of scripture um, and talks about how... Um, that scripture, all scripture is God breathed and is is God's authoritative word, mm. and so anything that doesn't align with that isn't isn't God's word. Yeah, um, and is just plausible, is just subjective. I've been reading this fantastic book called "Don't Waste Your Life" by John Piper, and he talks about this idea that God is objective and therefore His truth is objective. So, um, that means that God is like is an undisputable fact. Objective means that it's not up to someone to interpret like subjective means. So if something was subjective, it would mean that I can opinion. Like I can have an opinion on it. Like something subjective might be, I like chocolate ice cream, but someone else might not like chocolate ice cream. So that's therefore subjective. Whereas objective is like...
1: Innate truth.
0: Innate truth, yeah. Indisputable facts. So uh, that... That Dylan's eyes are brown Like Are they brown?
1: I don't really know Probably Hazel maybe. Hazel Greeny not, Actually it's
0: probably not really a good idea Of objective truth An objective truth Is is God Like his morals His law his, um, his nature Like that is objective And so really what I'm trying to say here In yeah. all of this <laughs> In this long rant Is that um, That God's word is objective cool. And he's given it to us In an objective way So it's not for us to interpret It's for us to observe And read in light Of all other scripture And so that's the way that we discern against this plausible argument is that it's God's word. We reflect upon it.
1: Great. Awesome. Really good. Um, And then to close off this little passage today, the little podcast passage, um, Paul says, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and firmness of your faith in Christ. And that's just a big old exhortation, really. That's a big, I'm absent. I've never met you before. He hasn't seen these people face to face. We've got to keep that in mind in this letter. Like, that is just insane.
0: Yeah, but he's rejoicing for them. Which is beautiful. It brings him such joy. Um, and that shows where his source of joy is, is that it's it's found in um, the gospel and and God being made great and God being glorified. His joy is not found in him being affirmed by these people and telling them how good of a church leader he is, or but it's found in how um how excited he is to see that God is being glorified all over the world um and is yeah that God is using him for his glory which is awesome beautiful so really in light of reading that i guess the main point of this part of the passage is that um that paul is his ministry to the church is all about um them uh, growing in their maturity in christ and knowing presenting the scriptures in full knowledge and growing in their love Um, which ultimately is to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. I think that's just such a beautiful image and that should shape how, what our goal is for our ministry Mm. to the church and the body of Christ around us. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Why don't you, why don't you pray for our listeners, Dylan? Sure. And for us as well.
1: Yep. Thanks father. I thank you for this time that you've given us. I thank you for the resources and the means we've been able to reach um, people and uh, speak um, about your word and about your character and nature. Lord, I just pray that um, this will be heard, um, that the truth of your gospel will be stirred upon people's hearts, mm. um, that they would desire the truth and desire the hope that is laid up for them in heaven. Mm. Yes. We thank you for your care for us, we thank you for your constant provision and um, love for us, and your mm. grace. And yeah, we love you and we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us on another Bible study with the brethren as we grow together and learn through the book of Colossians and Paul's wise words. Um, Join us next week for Alive in Christ.
1: Get keen. See you then. Get keen. See you then.
0: See you later. See you later.
1: Bye.